This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 146, Yoga and Somatics to Heal the Wounds of Sexual Trauma. If like me, you came to yoga with the need to reconnect to your body and the practices helped you move forward in life, and whether you've experienced sexual trauma in the past or any other type of trauma, I'm sure you'll find the story of our guest today inspiring and all the tools she shares with you very helpful. For today's episode, I sat down with Caitlin Rose Holshapel. Caitlin, or Katie, is a somatic yoga therapist who helps her client harmonize their nervous system and embody their soul power. Through the journey of healing her own PTSD, Katie channeled and created somatic yoga therapy, which is an integrative healing art form that helps you gently and effectively alchemize past pain bodies into your greatest gifts and superpowers. Katie firmly believes that you are your own healer and your body is the most sacred guide. The somatic yoga therapy process offers you tools, support, guidance, and space, but only you hold the magic to your own healing potential. And this magical healing force lives inside your body, awaiting its reclamation. I would really love to read your takeaways on today's episode. So as you listen, take a screenshot and share one of your takeaways on Instagram, tagging at on and off your mat podcast. I will, of course, reshare you, but everybody will also be able to read your takeaways so we can go deeper together in the content of this episode and we can learn and grow as a community. All right, let's get to today's episode with Katie. Hi, Katie. Hey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So for listeners that don't know you yet or not very much, can we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I currently live right outside of Boulder, Colorado, the beautiful foothill, mountains, canyons, riverlands. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really gorgeous this time of year. So I'm just enjoying soaking up all of the vitamins from nature and letting my system really receive that. And more about me, I have been teaching yoga for a little under 10 years and I'm a somatic yoga therapy practitioner. So I work one-on-one with people and especially women in kind of two different ways. The first is healing from past traumas, past blockages, all of that like past shit that keeps us from fully moving forward in our lives. And mm -hmm. then the second way, which is really related, is expanding into the beings that we are meant to become. And a lot of this work has been based in my own life experience, my own journey. I'm a very feminine, creative, sensitive, empathic woman. And that hasn't always been easy in our culture and in my family system, which can be more masculine and more intense in some ways than my system is inherently wired. And so mm -hmm. part of like the big learning curve for me in my life thus far has been really working with finding a, a good balance between my creative, feminine, sensitive energies and the world that we really reside in, that we live in. And yoga and somatics has been a really huge tool for that, as well as, of course, healing from my past traumas and sexual trauma and the sort of experiences that have felt super intense for, especially for a highly sensitive person, a highly sensitive nervous system, really interesting to work through that. And I think where I'm at right now in like my healing process, one thing that's like really been present and alive for me in the recent months has been really on activating and embodying more ferocity and more boundaries and more inner strength. Mm, that fierce feminine. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I have a really easy time with like the softer, sensitive, nourishing side. And yeah, now it's like, okay, starting to channel more like embodying the Kali or the lioness or the jaguar energy. And it feels really good. It also feels really like challenging and really edgy. And I'm just grateful to have this process that I teach and that I do to support me in that. Because as I come more and more into that sense of like activation and boundaries, it's also, I feel like just carving and creating more space for my sensitivities and my empathy and creativity to really fully thrive rather than feeling like squished and and almost just like hypersensitized to the world around me. It's like that activation of the boundaries feels like, okay, now I have space to really be that sensitive self, especially when I have that container of of protection. And so that's one cool thing that I've been working with in my personal process in the past several months. Love it. Thank you for sharing this with us. There's yeah. so many things in your intro so far that I want to come back to. But first thing, can you define a, or can you make the difference for listeners between what a yoga practice might be and a somatic practice might be for you? Oh, totally. Yeah, this is an important one to distinguish <laughs> and get a little bit um, confusing and they're so complementary to one another. And I do absolutely teach both, but yeah, they really have different, really vastly different things to offer. Just like, you know, I see that you do coaching as well as yoga. I do somatics as well within my coaching practice is mostly what I do. Okay. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, like the depth and the complement that each offer. And one way that I like to frame it and, and think about it is with, yoga, especially if we're looking at this from more of a nervous system perspective, a lot of yoga practices where you're like going to a class and learning a sequence or being guided by an instructor, really powerful for increasing bandwidth in the nervous system, for coming back to your body, for increasing safety, of course, for increasing vitality, health, and um, longevity in the body and in the nervous system. But it is more of like an outside in Mm. sort of method where someone's telling you like, this is how you move your arm. This is how you're going to breathe. This is what we're going to do next. And it sometimes that feels so good just to have someone else like, tell me what to do, like guide me, instruct me, and you can just really relax, receive, be guided. And sometimes that builds a bit of like an inner pattern of really leaning on needing someone else in order for you to like fully access those states in yourself. And with the somatics, what we're doing instead of that like outside in approach is we're really starting from within each and every one of our own felt sense, our own body, starting with sensations and letting these sensations from inside move from in to out and start to express from there. So movements in yoga asana might be a part of it, but it's coming from within you rather than from someone else telling you how and what to do and with that, it, it's very empowering. And really, one way I like to talk about it and think about it is this process helps us to unlock and activate the healing powers within. It's like the sages back in the day when they're creating these yoga practices turn to their own experiences and the postures mm-hmm. from them. I love the mythology around Shiva and Shakti and how the yoga asana comes from Shiva watching Shakti, the goddess, dancing and moving and expressing by the riverside. And 
that's where, from that perspective, some of these yoga postures actually come from. And so this is accessing that intelligence within our cellular biology, within our DNA that already knows yoga, but we just have to like tap into that and support that intelligence, just like we give a tree the nutrients it needs, the sunlight that it needs, the water that it needs to grow toward the sun, but we don't actually have to force a tree to grow. We don't have to sit there, point at it, tell it to grow, like really effort. We just create the right environment, the right holding, the right container, and that organic intelligence really starts to awaken. And we can, in that and from that space, start to really comb through residual knots from the past. And Mm -hmm. as those start to let go, become more and more of who we are born to be, more of our fullest and highest selves are in our expansive self-expression. Yeah. For myself, yoga has been like the way to go inward to then be able to have the awareness and the sensitivity for those other more sometimes subtle, sometimes not somatic practices. It's like yoga is working on that baseline and that kind of general window of tolerance. And then the somatic practices are more like sprinkled into bringing yourself back, soothing yourself, regulating yourself. So it's more of like creating a shift versus kind of maintaining a state. Would you agree with that with your practice and yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And that's been my journey. You know, I first came to yoga and I feel like that just built such a solid foundation mm-hmm. for us to feel exactly and more connected with our bodies. And then from that foundation, yeah, with that increasing of the window of tolerance, as well as so many yoga practices naturally really increase our vagal nerve tones. That's all just like increasing our capacity. Yeah be with the sensations that come up inside. So yeah, they're so complimentary. And I do see the yoga as like, part of a foundation that we set. Exactly. And then we can like, yeah, go in and get a little bit more fine tuned and a little bit more yeah. specific with the felt sense work that we're doing, which yeah, sometimes is really subtle and sometimes is very obvious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talking about yoga and somatic practices in your intro, you talked about your own past trauma, including sexual trauma. I know that's the work you do now. Can I ask a little bit more about that? Are you open to talking about it more? Thank you for being willing to share your experience and to use that to help other people. I think that is uh, very important. So first of all, so how can we use yoga practices or somatic practices to start the healing process for ourselves? Or how was that for you? And how did that inform the way you support other people? Totally. Well, I think it kind of goes back to what we just spoke to a moment ago with my own journey, at least, because I experienced childhood sexual abuse, but I didn't have memories of it until later on in my life, even, you know, after I started my yoga practice. And so I remember, and I tell this story quite a lot because it was just like a really pivotal moment for me because what sexual trauma does, especially, I mean, any time in life, but especially when you're a child is there's just a pretty complete dissociation of spirit from body and like a way that we start to really live outside of ourselves. The body no longer feels like a safe space, especially the lower chakra centers, but really the whole body. It's just like, okay, like it's not that your soul or your spirit goes anywhere, but we're kind of like living in that dissociated out of body space. And that's where I was for most of my childhood life. And I had this moment when I was first doing my yoga teacher training where 
I was at a, a yin or a restorative yoga class and I had what I call my first in my body experience where what really was happening now I know is I accessed my relaxation response and mm-hmm. just had like a, a really interesting balancing, harmonizing downshift of my nervous system. But it felt like the most magical experience really where I was like, I felt like I was floating. I was so relaxed. I was so at ease. And I hadn't had that experience in my conscious memory ever. Like I'm sure when I was little, I had those moments from time to time, but no Mm -hmm. memory of those. So this was like that first moment of being like, oh my gosh, like this is what human being human can be like. Like I can feel this as well as, you know, there's all of the challenge and hardship too, but accessing that state brought up a thirst, a hunger, it lit a fire in me. It was like, okay, there's something like really interesting here. And so that set me on the path of yoga, which I spent the next several years really studying deeply, really building those foundations, that bandwidth, and also began to become really interested in the nervous system and in trauma healing. As I started to integrate that in, I could tell and feel like I always had a feeling inside like there's something like something happened like there's something that I'm holding and I don't know what it is but there's something here and for a long time I thought it was maybe ancestral or you know something that I just kind of took on because I didn't have actual memories of, of a sexual abuse experience when I was growing up but as I continued and was already working in somatics and trauma healing I experienced a sexual assault as an adult. And that really just like ripped everything open. And Mm. it was like this extremely painful, of course, experience, but what also got to happen because of that. And because I already had a lot of the foundations and the tools that I was working with is that I started integrating and processing pretty quickly after the experience. Of course, it like anytime we're healing trauma, it takes time it just does and really hard to be patient like from my experience like (laughs) it is especially like already having the tool set and the skills that I did I was just like why like am I feeling this way why can't this just move through right here right now but I've had to really learn to slow down and to pace myself in that moment of being pretty much just like ripped wide open that's what it felt like just complete rawness I was experiencing pretty severe PTSD symptoms and slowly integrating, slowly digesting that experience. It was coupled with that's when like the childhood stuff started to come up too. And so as I was healing from this adult experience, I also was simultaneously healing some of the childhood wounding. And as this continued to deepen, what I was really noticing first off was just having a lot of realizations around my system, my personality growing up, a lot of like light bulb moments of like, oh, like that's why I felt that way all the time. <laughs> that's why I was I was doing mm-hmm. this or, you know, mm-hmm. this sort of curious. The pieces of the puzzle come together. Yeah. So there was more clarity that was coming to me. And I also feel like in a way, this adult experience, while I would never wish anyone to experience that, I would never wish to experience it again myself. It was a really big catalyst for me, like a wake-up call to go deeper than I'd ever gone before and to do really powerful work that I really believe that I, I was born here on this earth to do this. And that's karmically part of why I've had these experiences. Not that it was my fault, not that I was asking for it, but like having those experiences is 
part of like what I am here as a human to have experience and to grow through and now to help guide others through. So that's a bit of my journey. It's like starting with that foundation of yoga, having a pretty intense experience that led me even deeper into the realm of somatics, which has been so powerful. There's just so much wisdom in our bodies and in the intuition that resides, the knowing that resides in our sensations and learning to listen to that more and more and more and to not listen so much to the voice of story and doubt and meaning making even just really allowing my body to do the processing and coming back to like the levels of mind and making sense and meaning later on has been so valuable to me and also like through this process it's just been a really big spiritual awakening for me as well like even deeper than I've ever experienced in the past and I really believe that there are certain conversations around like post-traumatic growth and that expansion and blooming that really can happen after traumatic experiences. And also a lot of indigenous cultures will talk about trauma as an actual initiation into something like you're being initiated. And I don't think I fully like got that or clicked with that or even could understand that until Mm -hmm. I went through it and, you know, have come out relatively on the other side and, I still have, of course, a lot that comes up in my system, a lot that I feel and experience, but I can say that I'm completely healed from PTSD. I don't qualify for PTSD anymore, and I feel like really good in my body and really good in myself, and I want more people to know that that's a possibility because we have these traumatic Mm -hmm. experiences and feel like this is just my life now. This is just who I am. Like it's going to be this way forever where really it can be, it absolutely can be a portal into you being an even more like complete, full, whole version of yourself than you've ever been before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if our listeners are looking to start that healing journey and they look at yoga and somatic to do so, or as some of the tools that they can use, where do they start? What's the first step? What are they looking for? What do we go from here? Yeah. So in somatic yoga therapy, we kind of qualify the practices in two different ways. We have harmonizing practices and we have embodiment practices. And the harmonizing practices, these would be where to begin, right? These are things that are going to help increase the window of tolerance, allow you to feel safer in your body, more resilience, more presence. And a lot of these harmonizing practices that I teach, I mean, of course, yoga is going to be one of them, which we've already talked about. That does so much work with creating the foundation. Mm -hmm. Of course, vagal nerve toning as well is really powerful here. But a lot of the harmonizing practices that I found most powerful are micro practices throughout the day of being in touch with simple sensual pleasure. And that can be being in touch with something that you visually see, that you hear, that you smell, taste, or touch that feels either pleasurable or neutral to you without getting into the mental space. Because oftentimes if we're doing like an example of this with the visual orientation, if you're looking at something, usually the mind's like, okay, this is what I see. I'm looking at a candle, right? And it might have some story and some other stuff related to looking at that. And so what we're doing in this process is can you just look at the candle like you've never seen it before, like your newborn baby and just take in the color, the shapes, the textures, the light, the shadows, and 
just be with that. And we do those little micro practices throughout the day. And each person's going to have a different sense gate that feels strongest for them. Mm -hmm. Some visual feels really great for others, auditory and, and so on. But coming to those little moments, it's like little candy that you can give your nervous system for a little sense of like of relief. And if you're in a pretty heightened trauma state, like I was when I first started really tapping more into these micro harmonizing practices throughout the day, at first it doesn't feel like anything's happening. Kind of like, okay, like I see the candle, but I still feel not that great. But it's really as we do this again and again and again, over time, what starts to happen is there's more at first, especially if you're kind of pretty deep into a trauma state. At first, it's just like a feeling of neutrality. Like maybe you don't feel really great, but things start to feel a little bit more like just in a present moment. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's what these are all about. It's coming to present moment because trauma really brings us out of that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. these practices are presencing. That's why they're called harmonizing. It's harmonizing your system with where you are in time and space in the here and now. So the like hijacking that happens in the amygdala that keeps us experiencing a past experience over and over and over again, that can start to soften and your central nervous system can realize where you actually are, which is oftentimes safe and okay and at least neutral, if not pretty great, right? Uh-huh. And if you've been in a trauma state for a while, it can feel really far off. Like feeling good can just feel so far away and finding things that you like or feel pleasurable can feel so far away. So when doing these practices, you can also just start with like, what doesn't feel horrible? <laughs> what feels just like, uh-huh. what just feels neutral to you in this moment? What feels like what's not on fire? What's fine? What's okay? Yeah. So yoga, vagus nerve practices, orienting, and then general coming back to present mindfulness practices are supporting. Would you give an example of a vagal toning exercise you love to do or to give your client for that harmonizing part? Totally. One that I really love is humming, making sound. Mm, I love it too. Yeah, it's so good. And especially so easy. working with um, sexual trauma, the throat and the womb are so connected and the vagus nerve runs right along the front of the throat. So when we're humming, we're gently stimulating it and that's going to help increase vagal toning. But also like you can do this, a similar thing with like singing in the car or in the shower, using your voice, really speaking, especially if there's a prosody to the voice where your voice is going up and down. Cause if we're really in a trauma state, the voice starts to it's more monotone really flat and not have much inflection up or down and kind of drones on. And so speaking with more prosody, like when you see a baby or a dog and you're like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. I love you so much. Like just allowing yourself to play with the voice and making Mm. sound. That's one of my personal favorites. Lovely. I, I love humming. I teach that so much and I do it for myself too a lot. And like humming a song or just humming. I do a lot of just the sound om, like every time you exhale, you know, within even your yoga practice, just om your exhale. And it makes a world of difference in that sense of harmonizing. So once we've started the work to kind of rescue our body back to a little bit more of safety or a safety sensation when we have harmonized, what did you say What was the next step? So the two kind of main branches, we have harmonizing, which again is more about creating a stability, a foundation, 
And then we can move into deeper embodiment. So again, just like we talked about earlier, there's that creating of like a foundation that needs to happen oftentimes before it feels safe enough to go mm-hmm. into the, the sensational body. So we create that foundation, which you're never really done with that. You always want to keep coming back to harmonizing because there's always, I believe, room to continue to expand and to grow that bandwidth and resilience. And But as you do get to that stage of embodiment, what's really cool is that as you're more and more able to be with and to hold your felt sense, that's also going to continue to harmonize and continue to expand your bandwidth. So it's kind of doing both at the same time. But Uh embodiment work is really just about that. It's about, can I be with and feel the sensations that are present inside of me? Can I hold them without pushing away, without judging, without criticizing? Can I just be with this? And can I gain deeper understanding around what is the message here that's trying to be spoken to me? Is there an impulse here? Is there something that's being asked to happen? Whether that be like a physical movement, like I just really need to push my arms because I never got to push this, you know, person away in the past. Now I really need to do that right now. It might be a certain image or a memory that comes up that just needs to be seen and needs to be witnessed. It might be um, some words that need to be spoken, but we stay with that sensation until that sensation feels safe enough to mobilize, to find movement, to find expression. And that's when we get into a bit more of like some release work and what can feel like very cathartic, even in like those really gentle, small ways where there's been all of this buildup, all of this holding, usually a lot of resistance around the sensation that you've been feeling, a lot of Uh patterns that have been built, just especially for you not to have to feel this. When we make contact with it, there can be a release and an opening of space that happens and a softening. And oftentimes that feels really good. It can feel really like hard and intense, especially because we have a lot of patterning that's built up again, especially so that we don't do that because of many different reasons. But one core one is in the past, it hasn't felt safe. It hasn't felt safe to be with this sensation. It hasn't felt safe to mobilize the impulse within this sensation. And so we increase a sense of safety, holding, and then give that sensation support to move in the way that it wants to move, to breathe in the way that it wants to breathe, to express in the way it wants to express. And then As that happens, which we just do very incrementally, very slowly, gradually over time, because if we just go right into a core sensation and rip ourselves wide open, that can oftentimes shove us out of the window of tolerance and just be re-traumatizing, right? So got to really do this slowly, which for my my makeup feels frustrating sometimes where I'm like, I just want to like, yeah, like, let's just get this over with. Get it done. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we do it really slowly and create just a little bit more space inside. And as you do that, it's also a way of building more trust with yourself. Like, oh, I can be with this sensation. I can be with this feeling and I didn't die. I'm okay. Actually, I feel a lot better now. (laughs) And so having that experience is going to help increase your threshold window of tolerance as well. So it's not really that we go from just harmonizing to just embodiment. They're always kind of being worked with at the same time, but in different ratios and different levels of focus. Totally. And I love that you finished with that word trust because that is what I wanted to ask you next. So I kind of laughed a little when you mentioned the trust. 
I find it's really part of reconnecting with herself, but on a much deeper level. Like we start reconnecting with the body sensations and like the things that are more on the surface. We allow ourselves to feel, to get, you know, the energy to move. And like we rebuild that relationship that we can support ourselves and that we can take care of ourselves and that we can soothe ourselves and all the things that when we dissociate, we put a lot of that on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can do these things for ourselves. So I think that's a beautiful part of like that journey is starting and continuing and again and again, just reinforcing that trusting relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because especially with sexual trauma, that's something really huge that comes up is after an experience, I no longer trust myself. Like that's one of the great griefs and losses from that experience. Ooh, I can't trust my body. Actually. I can't trust my sexuality. I can't trust my feminine energy. I can't trust myself. And so, yeah, this is like about gradually gaining self-trust back again and gaining more clarity too, because there's so much muddiness and confusion that comes in our belief system, in our mind with traumas. And the nice thing is that we don't even have to necessarily work on the level of the mind in order to start clearing some of that out. Mm -hmm. What would be an example of a clearing practice if we're ready to mobilize that energy? So. If I mean, and if you're working with an active trauma, I definitely recommend doing this with the support of someone. But once you are connecting more to the sensation inside, you're offering it safety, which means that there's a level of acceptance and curiosity and neutrality and willingness to be with it. That really needs to happen first, because if we're with a sensation and we have the mindset of I'm going to stay with this just so it goes away, that's not going to be an actual. You're still pushing it away. Right. Yeah. That embracing really needs to happen first. It's like the, um, I don't know if you've heard the saying around, this would be equivalent to welcoming someone into your home just so that they leave. <laughs> like, oh, you can come in if you leave in five minutes, right? Just like yeah. come in so we can get this over with and then it's time to go. That's not going to really work in this process. And you need enough bandwidth to be able to do this. You need to fully- This accept- is a hard piece and embrace the sensation that has to happen. The acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. So if and when that really like fully happens, when that's fully there, so you're not doing this release just to get rid of something, just to push it away, just so that it can be done with. When you're really with this, you can get really curious. And what does this sensation fully need? And oftentimes, actually, when you're just fully with it, with that acceptance, doesn't need much. The release is going to naturally happen. You don't have to think about like, oh, like what do I need to do for this or like what needs to happen here? Your body is going to show you. There might be a way that you start breathing differently, like a quicker breath or a holding of the breath. There might be a shaking or a tremoring that happens. There might be a feeling of like disgust that comes up or like a sense of like, oh, I just need to like push something away or like push a wall. And that's really the most important part of the process is Let's just accept and embrace this feeling fully. And with that, what also happens is you embrace the impulse that's inside that feeling and you no longer judge it because a lot of the reasons that we don't allow those impulses to happen in the moment is either it wasn't safe to do so, that you literally couldn't do it then, or because we're like, oh, that's weird. I'm not going to just like shake my body right now. Like that would be weird. We have like all of these like criticisms and judgments around these social contracts. Yeah. Yeah. These really organic experiences and intelligent experiences of our body. And so when you can really be with and accept 
whatever this looks like, whatever this needs, I'm with you. I'm staying with you. I got you. Just like you would be with a young child, it naturally is going to start flowing through, right? But this also sometimes what can be really helpful around having a practitioner is that there might be ways that your body is moving or it's starting to come through that you're not even really consciously connected to or aware of. Like I mm-hmm. oftentimes have to point out to my clients like, oh, I'm noticing that there's like a tremoring in your hand happening right now. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that is happening, right? Uh-huh. The process of like, okay, actually now I'm making even more contact with this. Yeah, absolutely. On that journey... It's a long journey, but on that journey, when we look at sexual trauma, particularly, how do we start to reclaim our own feminine energy, sensuality, sexuality, and our power after experiencing these traumas? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's interesting because we often start the SYT sessions, somatic yoga therapy sessions with really finding and orienting to like, what do you desire to feel? What do you desire to experience? What do you want in in your life? Because with trauma wiring, we're so oriented to what you don't want, what you don't like, what's not going well. And so, yeah, if femininity and sexuality and creativity is something that you really want to experience, we start to really look at like, okay, what is that? Like when and if you were in that state, what does that feel like? What is that experience like? And from there, the body starts to show all of the layers of resistance against it, all of the protective layers that are like, ooh, it actually really doesn't feel safe to be fully expansive and creative. It actually really doesn't feel safe to embody my sexuality. So then we go toward those sensations again, listen really deeply and closely around what needs and wants to happen here. When that release is able to happen, when there's a clearing out of all of the resistance, the wiring, the holding patterns against being who you naturally and inherently are, Mm. there becomes more space internally. And with that, that's the moment we get to do what I call soul retrieval or the reclaim step of the process, which is calling yourself back home. So I spoke to you earlier how a lot of the times we're kind of out of body after these experiences and we can't come back into body when there's all these knots made up to keep us out of body. So Uh once those knots are released, That's the time to fill back up with all of those qualities, those superpowers connected with your soul, your essence, who you're born to be. But there does have to usually be a carving out, a creating of space internally. And then that space can be re-inhabited by who you truly are. And oftentimes those soul powers are kind of stuck in little like bubbles and past experiences where this buildup has happened that's been like, ooh, not safe to be that. So I'm going to kind of push that part of myself away. That part gets to come home and be integrated back into you. And with that, you feel safer and it feels more natural to inhabit that. So you don't have to try to be more creative because creativity, if you're aligned in that way, that's a natural part of who you are. And it just gets to come forth now. You don't have to like try it or force it. Now that it's home, it's in you, it just gets to live there and express itself Mm. and be there. Mm. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I feel like we can keep going for a while, but there's so much. (laughs) I know. We'll start to wrap (laughs) this up. If there's like one takeaway from our conversation today you'd like listeners to leave with, what would that be? Yeah. So I'd say for those of you really new to this work, find something that feels building for you. If that feels like it builds your resource, 
find that one thing and really lean into it, really do it, really embody it so that you feel and experience yourself stronger and stronger and stronger. And for those of you who have been, you know, practicing yoga, meditation and mindfulness and doing a lot of counseling and self-growth and self-work for a while and you're wanting to take it a layer deeper, somatics is the way to do that. And so really finding someone who can help support you and let's go deeper to this connection inside. Let's see what's really holding you back from where you want to be. What are the upper limits here? Turning to your body, waking up that wisdom, that's going to take you really quite deeply to the next level. So that would be what I recommend for those individuals who are feeling like, ooh, yeah, I'm ready for some deeper expansion. I'm ready for Uh that. Yeah. Even if like you're not fully ready, there might be some nervousness. There might be like, ooh, this feels a little edgy. That's, That's really the next step to fully expand into who you're born to be. Yeah. I think there's a listening of like, having a pull versus still having some nervousness. You know, like if you're feeling pulled towards something, there's that intelligence and intuition that's calling you, even if intellectually you might be a little nervous about it and like trusting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that like gesture you even just made, which is like a pulling <laughs> forward from your heart, which it really does feel like that. Oftentimes it's just like, I feel like magnetized and drawn to this and I don't perhaps know why. And I might be a little bit scared of it, but there's something that's like, drawing me forward. And yeah, you get to really listen to that if and when the time comes. And I mean, follow that in all areas of your life, that magnetism, that pull of like, ooh, there's something here for me. There's something that my body, my soul, my heart are being like drawn forward toward. Yeah. I'll put all your info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, can you tell us where's the best place to find you if people want to say hello, if they will have more questions or if they'd like to work with you in some ways? What do you have coming up? What are you offering? Absolutely. So I would recommend visiting my website, which is hertemplehealing.com. There you can get a free vagus nerve series, which is a series of practices to help, again, increase that bandwidth of the vagus nerve, harmonize, get you really started on that journey. And if you're wanting to go deeper, I do offer one-on-one somatic work. I have a whole year-long somatic yoga therapy training that you're welcome to apply for and lots of other resources on my website. So you can definitely head over there and check that out. I also am pretty actively sharing resources on my Instagram page. So you can give me a follow at her.temple.healing and I would love to connect there. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Erica. This has been so lovely. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general, anywhere you listen. It really helps people find the podcast. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, you'll find them at ericabelandra.com slash 146. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And that includes all our extra special premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.